Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast, episode 221. Today, we have Coach Dan Young. Dan Young is currently the Executive Director of the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan. Dan began his coaching career as a student manager at Central Michigan University in 1987. After graduation from CMU, he garnered the assistant basketball position at Western Michigan University before moving on to a summer slot at Detroit Catholic Central High School. Dan then served as head basketball coach at Brighton, Plymouth, Canton, and John Glenn High Schools. He has also been the head golf coach at Plymouth High School since 2012. That has won two state championships. Dan has been named Coach of the Year from the Detroit Free Press, Detroit News, Ann Arbor News, Associated Press, Michigan Golf Coaches Association, and BCAM. From 2000 to the present, Dan has been a member of the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan Board of Directors. He served as Assistant Director of BCAM in 2005 to 2018. Named Executive Director of BCAM in January 2019, Dan has had an integral responsibility as a committee member with a BCAM collaboration, reaching higher top Michigan basketball showcase since its inception. He has also served as director and coordinator of all basketball-related functions with the Michigan Elite 25 camp, which was directed by Tim McCormick, former University of Michigan and NBA player. Dan received the Thomas Hersey Distinguished Service Award from B-Camp in 2017. Dan is married, Jacqueline, and has two sons, Derek, 24, and Ryan, 21, and resides in Plymouth, Michigan. Coaches, let's welcome... Coach Dan Young. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast, 
episode 221, Dan. Maybe I, I don't have an, I don't know. I, I, I've done a lot of these and it keeps getting better and better. And we've got a great person here that is really going to offer you some great advice as coaches. Coach Dan Young, who is executive director of BCAM, Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan. We're so excited because I know Michigan basketball is great. You came highly recommended from Coach Keith Guy. I love talking to Coach Guy. What a great program he's built out there. But welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here, and uh, uh, we'll have some fun with it. Love talking ball. Absolutely. Uh, and I know you coach some girls basketball out in Salem there. I'm a girls basketball coach, so I am going to pick your brain a lot on how you build a program. So I'm really looking forward to that. Dan, talk about the great mentors of, you, of, of your life that have really transformed you into a coach and has led you really into the, the unbelievable role you have right now in, in leading coaches. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, my main mentor was a person named Bob Bloom, another Fred Thoman, uh, Dave Van Wagner, Fred Chrissy. They were my coaches or coaches that were um, uh, influential in my life. And uh, in high school, I knew I wanted to coach and teach. And so I've leaned on those guys and have continued to meet so many wonderful people and learn from them. Like tonight, uh, a couple of the things that Pete said already are like things that you can put right down and talk to an, a young coach about. Simplicity, being able to know a lot, but yet can you teach and get that across to people? So you, you pick up those types of things from uh, great coaches. Um, and so just been really lucky. In my position now, I'm a retired public school teacher. I coached in college, uh, Western Michigan. I was a manager at Central Michigan. Uh, worked my way. I worked for a guy named Charlie Coles, who's a legendary coach. He's, he passed. Uh, and, and Bob Donawald at Western Michigan. And then been a high school coach on the boys' side for 25 years and did the girls a little bit at the end of my career. Um, and coach a little golf now as well. So uh, just really been blessed and always trying to share the good word of sound teaching, coaching, helping kids grow in life, and then a little ball as well, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm really curious on why you took the position of executive director. Why, what kind of led you to that role going from coaching into leading coaches? Because it's not that easy because us coaches have a lot of issues that, I mean, so what, what led you to that? So in um, 2000, I was asked by uh, Tom Hersey and the board of directors of BCAM to serve on the board. And I was honored um, and served on the board. Uh, and probably 2008, uh, Tom and the board asked me to be Tom's assistant executive director in hopes that when Tom ever stepped down, that I would um, precede him. And that's just kind of how it went. And so I was on the board from 2000 until now, and it evolved to um, being executive director now. Tom Hersey's 75 and is retired and playing golf in Florida right now. And He's still involved, but it was a good transition. Um, we've, we've, we, our, our association's been around since 1976. We have close to 6,000 members 
That's and great. we've been the largest in, this, in the country for nine straight years. But we include everybody, middle school, high school, assistants. Um, Tom Izzo's a member. Uh, college coaches are members. Junior college. Girls and guys together. And um, so it's, 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 a, it's a job where I can just be a part of a fantastic board like Keith Guy is on our board and try to improve and help and grow. And it's really a neat, neat thing. Yeah, and I think that's needed, Dan, because I know as this is my 30th year of coaching. Congrats, and, great. And I started a podcast just because I loved and I wanted to learn more about the game. I really have a growth mindset and I love to share the game. I put things out all the time on what we're doing. So maybe a coach can kind of take something. Uh, do you think coaches are interested in a growth mindset? Is that what you're trying to get these coaches to do? Hey, let's get better as a profession. We have 6,000 members and only not eight or 900 show up at our clinic. Hmm. So, I mean, you'd think everyone would come to our clinic, every single person, right. but not everyone is, and it's the same people every year we, exactly. we talk to. And those same people are also winning state championships and winning their league and, and being coach of the there year because they have that growth mindset like yourself. And they're able to get just a little more that that other guy or gal didn't get out of their team. So, you know what? Um, the really good ones, they're always at our clinics and at our events. And it seems like those same people, they're ones that are having a lot of success. And they, they stay on. Because when you go to those clinics, you know as well as I do, you really start to hear the same problems and the same thing. You learn from each other on how to deal with maybe a tough parent or a, 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 a kid that's one of your better players, but is really a problem and, or whatever it might be. Um, and you start to feel better when you leave because you're like, you know what, he's, he or she's dealing with the same things I'm dealing with. You know, it's funny you say that because um, I don't know if it's just my personality, but I, my girls team, we have a really good team this year, Dan. And I asked my players, I go, they told me the day they go, coach, man, your practices are so much better than last year. Hmm. And I took that as a compliment. Like we're so much, I mean, we're competing better. We're rebounding better, but I, I, it was all intentional. I really studied. I, I wanted to find out like what can take us from good to great. And, and the girls really, I, I think you got to be humble as a coach. I mean, you got to be willing to take coaching, right? No question. You got to be able to listen and, and a build relationships and li listen, listen to your staff, listen to your players. I mean, uh, you're ultimately in charge of what the product's going to look like in the kids and how they represent the school and your team and your families. But, you know, you need to listen to people that are um, um, part of your group. And it's not just, um, you know, the decision of the head coach all the time. And so evidently you were listening to your staff and your players. Right. And you were also trying to find different ways to make practice more efficient. Um, whatever it is that made your practices better. Um, that, I mean, you go home that night going, 
and you feel it when it's better too. I mean, you feel a good practice and yes. Um, and so that's, that's what it's all about. That's exciting. I love to hear that. Absolutely. Coach P, uh, I run a clinic every year, Dan, and I, I, you probably think like, you know, I mean, this basketball is everything, but it's not, but I run a clinic every year and Pete's also involved with it. We, we it's hard to get 50 people into the clinic and we got the best coaches really from all over the country coming in. Wow. Uh, Pete, Pete, tell, tell Dan about our clinic and the great things and also some of the struggles we've had. Yes, the clinic is amazing. You would be shocked at the level of coaching that comes from, like I said, all over the United States to speak at that clinic. Uh, Kevin has great facilities there. And uh, like Gene Durden comes every year, he's won eight straight uh, state titles, you know, and, and he's the kind of guy that uh, he will uh, give you his whole program. Wow. And I was, I wrote something down when you were talking just a moment ago. It's just what I just wrote down, whatever you give, uh, you will always have. And that's what young coaches have got to get in their head. When someone <laughs> teaches you something, you have an obligation to give it to someone else. No question. And, uh, that's just such an important thing. But there at Lake Oconee Academy, where, the, where we have these clinics, uh, it is amazing to me what you were saying about only uh, eight or 900 people come to your clinic. But one of the first things that I ever noticed when I was going to clinics as a young, young coach, knew nothing, was that sitting on the front row were the three most renowned high school coaches in Mississippi. And they all had notepads in their hands oh. taking notes and, and you would have thought you know those guys already know it all so to speak but what you said the winners are the ones that are there yep and it's just amazing to me and it's because no one ever taught them to be a listener they never taught them to be a follower we've always talked about leaders you can't be a leader you first know how to follow all you great athletes, Michael Jordan had to follow his coach. And if you're not a good listener, you will never understand what reality is. Mm -hmm. You think you know, but you won't know unless you listen and intently listen. And I think that's just critical. But this clinic of ours is, is just like you're talking about yours, the percentage of the people that we get to come. And it just amazes me, the folks that don't show up. But I'm awed by the quality of the people that right. do show up. I mean, right. it's just incredible to me. I get excited about it. I just, I wouldn't miss it for anything. I, I used to get excited when I wouldn't see anyone in my league at the clinic. I would look around <laughs> That's and right. I'm like, I don't see, uh, I don't That's see right. like Central here. I don't see, they're not here. That's right. So what, what extra win? And then when I started seeing my former players become head coaches and they were all there, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah, no doubt. You taught them well. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Coach, talk about what you're doing in Michigan. I've really studied you. Uh, you made a lot of changes because I think the game needs um, revisions, right? What have you done in Michigan since your arrival there as executive director? We have uh, – so we forever did all-star games in the summer, and they were great uh, to honor our, our players, girls and guys. And that – over time fizzled out because of club basketball and, and summer commitments and that. So 
I would say my nine, 10 years ago, we, we started doing um, events for the college coaches. And now obviously we're all involved with that, with the, the changing in the, with the FBI stuff and college basketball and now high school. So we were, we were, um, we followed Indiana and, and studied Indiana and how they did their uh, events. And, and we're, we're pretty proud of, of the fact that we we won top 100 girls and guys events for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting, dipping into boys team camps because of the new legislation by the NCAA. Uh, the high school guys and the college guys would rather see them with their own team. Um, but those types of things, I've also met Tim McCormick, who was an NBA player, uh, works for uh, uh, the Pistons now as an, an announcer. He started a camp and for free, uh, kind of like the top 100 kids. He calls it tw- the top 25 in each class. And it's the only thing. And, I helped him get the coaches for that event and he's brought in amazing speakers and we have, and his whole thing was shake, shake somebody's hand. Um, make sure that you look people in the eye, um, treat women with respect, uh, be, be sit in the front row. Like coach said, um, when it, when it, you don't know when a college coach is in the crowd and in the huddle and they don't know whether you're looking at your coach or blowing them off and they purposely sneak in the back door and they don't, you won't even know it and you won't even get a scholarship and all that kind of stuff. And so we really hit it off. Um, this document I sent you, Kevin, is from Mike Masucci. He, Mike ran the, the classroom and I ran the gym for six years. Keith Guy run, was with us at the camp. And those types of things have really been impactful in our state because you can see it with the kids that they are, they're trying to buy in and um, they're trying to do a good job. And, you know, we haven't gotten every best kid, like Imani Bates never came, but we got almost all of them. And I'd say, I I keep telling Tim, it doesn't matter how many we get, it's how many we help. Mm -hmm. And and he's been right on board with that the whole time. So that's been really fun. And the other stuff, we're trying to get more games in our state. We're trying to, improve uh, and help young coaches and young officials get in the game and stay in the game, uh, mentorships and those types of things. Obviously, um, uh, information and, and, and helping education-wise for, with our clinics. We're starting – we started, and I'll send it to you. We have a guide to the first-year coach. It's a document about all the other stuff besides basketball. Um, I'll be glad to send that to you. It's something we've worked on for the last three or four years. And it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a working document. So if you think something that you've learned is better, you add to it, or you can even take it and use it for your association. It's really good. Sure. Nice to show a uh, administrator that you're trying to help the young kids or the young coaches in your program to develop, to be, you know, head coaches down the road. So some of those types of things, but it's, it's ongoing, obviously. Yeah, and I love that even somebody who's coached a great deal of t- years can pick up something from that document. It's like going to a middle school coach and watching him practice. Hey, I love that. I love that drill. I yep. love it. Doesn't matter. You can learn at yep. any time in your career, right, Dan? Yep. There's no question. Um, and there, there's good ideas everywhere. And it, you know, 
you can, you can see something that maybe is similar to what you do, but maybe it's a little bit better and, and you adjust. I mean, Tom Izzo, I don't know if you know, he, he's the best. He is the, anything we ask of him, he would drop and drive and be there with us. And That's right. he has a drill. He calls it the Nagani drill. He got that drill from a high school coach up in the UP. <laughs> And yes. he, he calls it the Nagani drill every day, and he has for 25 years because he got it from a high school coach, and he always honors that high school. I mean, that's the, you know, that's, that's, that's the type of attitude that permeates, and we really appreciate him. Yeah, absolutely. And when a guy like that who has um, – I mean, he's a really established career. I always, thought, I always think Izzo made himself into a great coach. He wasn't a great player. He made himself, and talk about a great teacher of the game, a mm. uh, great representative for us coaches. Coach, let's get it right into the topic. Five life lessons you learned from playing basketball. I really want to hear, go in depth on what, what, you're, uh, what you uh, talk about right here. Yeah, we, Mike Masucci, as you can see at the top, is my really good friend. Um, he has his own leadership. Uh, he's a teacher and coach, and he still teaches and coaches, but he's really, he, he's, he's uh, wrote two books. And we met at the, at the camp and uh, we've become really good friends. And we, we worked on this for a segment we did for TV for uh, it's called the state champ show, which is a high school sports show that we're on every week. It's a podcast and it's also a TV show. It's streamed. It's really fun. Um, and this is what we came up with is, 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 is the type of things that we're talking about as coaches beyond the X's and O's. And I'll just read, read them and then we can talk about them if you want. Sure. Um, no one makes it alone, meaning basketball teaches us about it's not all about you. And you, you, you get open because of a screen and a good pass, and then you shoot and score. But it's obviously not just you. If five guys want to stop just you, they will. But if your team's moving and playing and, and, and doing it together, I think that teaches so much. Life is not fair. It's, it's not. I would say to my guys all the time, and I had the pleasure to coach in the suburbs, in the city, at a Catholic school, at a public school, um, girls, guys. And I had the pleasure to coach Keyshawn Martin and Jeremy Langford, who played both in the NFL, sure. both Michigan State guys. And um, we talked about this all the time because it isn't fair. And um, – and as you can see what, what, our, what we're going through in our world right now that hasn't changed, that it's, it's harder for some people than it is for others. And so just in talking about that and how hard it is to be good, and it isn't fair, but that's okay. We're going to be here with you and we're going to work together. Um, and basketball, I think, teaches that because it's a long season. It's grueling. Uh, it's not easy. You always have to get to the other end of the floor. Uh, good teams are tough. They, they are always playing kind of hurt. I know football really says they're the tough in wrestling, but come play basketball for four months and tell me how you are at the end of the season. Sure. Um, leadership is a choice. This is a big Mike Masucci thing. His book is called um, The Elite Journey 1 and 2. I would highly recommend it for your team. Uh, they're fables, and they're, uh, they're, they're, it's phenomenal. Um, and, and it is a choice, you know, to act right or not act right. And that's what I 
I really like about Tim McCormick's camp and all the camps we've done over the years that the educational piece of, you know what, you know, you can, you can, um, your mindset can get better from day to day and, um, and make better decisions in your life. And so that we thought that was important. And then uh, one big thing we, we, you know, I don't know about you, but the mental health right now of kids is just so fragile from the standpoint of, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You, you strive to be as good as you can be, but you're going to make mistakes and be, and, 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 and grow from your mistakes and learn from your mistakes. And we're all with you together as a team when you make or miss that free throw to win or lose that game. And so we thought that was really important to talk about because you know, it's not about perfection. It's about learning from your mistakes and growing and getting better. And so with, with all the things that people put on each other themselves, you know, understanding that basketball being a team sport, we thought that together, not perfection, don't try to be perfect, try to do the best you can and then move on to the next day. And then the last thing is, which we all at, at camp talk about, and as a coach, I've always talked about that selfish people are, are going to struggle in basketball. And they're really going to, it's really going to punch them in the face when they get into real life and have to, you know, suck it up with the rest of us and, and get out there in the real world and, and make a living and try to help your family. And, and, um, and the same thing with teams teams that are uh, unselfish and understand each other um in, in in basketball the last thing i love is basketball reveals one's character over time that is so true so true dan i love these because i'm all about um having a curriculum for my program this is a leadership curriculum i i'm, I'm gonna add i I try to add as many of these different quotes and I steal from people all the time, but don't you think coaches need to learn how to add this in? We have a leadership committee um, academy, five minutes for every day at the first thing of practice. And we would take, hey, we would take a leadership as a choice, show them a video, teach them what it is, and then reemphasize it during our practice. I just think that's so important, but these are things I've learned. Uh, Tell us what coaches can do with these great ideas and great concepts. I would tell any coach, any coach out there in any sport to take the first, <clears throat> you say five minutes. I was, I was, you know, sometimes it was five, sometimes it was 30, but That's my great. first, we would always meet in the locker room. Mm -hmm. We would not meet on the court Saturday and Sunday. We might meet on the court, but during the school day, I wanted to meet, and do classroom work in the locker room, or if you have a classroom that you're available to, and we're gonna talk about scouting report, team, us, little film, but we're gonna talk about this, something to do with our team and becoming better people, and one person may get up and talk one day, or, or whatever. I learned that from Bob Donawald and Charlie Coles in college, right. that, we're going to do notebook first. We're going to write things down. And I'll tell you what, when they came to recruit Keyshawn Martin, they were skeptical. Um, 
And then they, they, I, they said, you guys, do you guys do notebooks? And I go, yeah. They go, can we see his notes? Yeah. This is uh, Dan Enos, who was the head coach at Arkansas. Uh, no, worked at Arkansas. He was head coach of Central Michigan. He's a Michigan State guy, quarterback Michigan State. He was the main recruiter for Jeremy and Keyshawn. And he says, can I see his notebook? I go, yeah. His handwriting and his note-taking were impeccable. And that really kind of started, they started saying, wow. I go, yeah, he struggled in the classroom. He's trying to turn things around. He was a 4-3-4 guy, but was, you know, a late bloomer. You know what I mean? One of those guys. Sure. Didn't talk, just kind of didn't, when, when D'Antonio, when he brought him in, and, I mean, when we drove up Michigan-Michigan State basketball game and D'Antonio brought him in and talked to him, he didn't even answer. He wouldn't speak. He was that withdrawn. And I shed a tear his senior year. I'm driving in my car, and on the radio, he's being inter interviewed because they won. Uh, he was with Kirk Cousins and all those guys. Yeah, and they, yeah really good. They, didn't, they lost the Big Ten on that last play where they roughed the punter, and they lost to um, um, the quarterback of Seattle, that guy, um, Wilson, Russell Wilson. They lost oh, to him on the Wilson, last yeah. play to win the Big Ten title. And Key was being interviewed, and he was so eloquent in talking. And I'm driving in my car going, I mean, that's – I had made it because he was now – and he graduated. And he's, he's, right. he's married, has two or three kids. He's having a, he has a good life. He played four or five years in the NFL. But, I mean, he has a good life. He's got a good job. I think it's important. And you know what? When it gets down to the end, when you have to get a stop, the teams that really are into all the other stuff besides basketball get to stop and they get over the hump and they, and even if they don't, or they're close, like that big 10 game, those guys are all successful people and in life. So I would highly recommend like what you're doing, but even better go in, the, go in and write it down every day. And it, can be, it can be for five minutes. It can be for 30 some days. Right. Every day you're doing notebook and you're writing stuff down and you're, they'll really pick it up and stuff will grow from there. You bring in your guest speaker. They take notes on the guest speaker. I used to make my guys stand up and clap when the guest speaker walked in. That's a Tim McCormick camp thing. Sure. Um, and the speaker's like taken aback. Like we, we, if, and, if, and if a guy would come back to practice, one of our former players, we would all stop and clap. That was just something we did. It was cheesy, but it's what we did. And um, it makes you feel like you're part of our group, man. And you're part of what we're all about. And they'll run through the wall for you. And we, I, would, I would too. Um, and I was dumb enough to run through the wall one time. I, a kid said, Coach, you don't believe in me? I go, I, I'd run through a wall for you. And I jumped and run through the wall. My arm, my shoulder still is messed up. And I, That's right. the, the kids left and my coaches are like, Coach, what are you doing? And I go, you know what? I don't know. I just love these kids. And. I, you know, I hope that kid and that kid, we still talk that kid, you know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. I love that. I mean, you, I think character is an important part to teach in your program. And I think I hate to say it. I think character wins. I really do. If you have a, you know, a talented team, that's great. But I think those little details of character will, those intangibles will show up, right. If you're teaching it. If it's fairly even it, it's the difference. If it's even talent-wise, coaching-wise, scheme-wise, that little edge is that 
you know, we're digging down and I'm not letting you down. I'm not letting you down. You know, we lost big time games to eventual state champions at the buzzer, stuff like that. Metro Detroit is so hard to get out of the Metro Detroit to advance because you're playing a lot of times the, the best talent, the best teams in the state. And we're big school division one. And I mean, we had some heartbreaking losses, but um, we were, we were, it was amazing. It was amazing. Coach remember, we, yeah, absolutely. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Continue. No, we, we lost to Nate Oates, who's now the head coach at Alabama. Absolutely. And, sure. and it was tied after one, tied at half, tied at three, tied with five seconds left, and they hit a runner in the lane with a hand in the face, nothing but net. And you can't be. And they won the state title. Right. And you, you can't be. And that guy had – Nate's a great coach and a very good friend and had great, great, great players. And uh, we were as good as you could be. And – we were, they were all crying, but you know what? We could look in the mirror. We played, as, we played as good as we could play, and we just couldn't do it, you know. So that's what I mean by um, our character was just – we were so into it. And that's – you know, I'll live the rest of my life, those kind of games that were just – I'm talking about losses because you remember them more. But, you know, we, we obviously, you know, had a lot of fun, fun times. But that, yeah. you're right. You're right. Coaches who go to clinics, learn from each other, pick up a little something. There's a guy in our state named Don Palmer. He used to coach girls and guys, girls in the fall, guys in the winter. That's how we used to do it. He's got like 950 wins. <laughs> He's still coaching girls. He's still at every single clinic. Right. And so we do every year, every month on our news, we do, we do an email newsletter every month and we do, we just started it in October. We called it wisdom from the chair. And just like coach Pete just said, three things, you said three most important things that I would do over with coach. I can't believe you just said that. That's exactly what our wisdom of the chair is. Give me three things that you would do differently. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett, marketing manager here at Dr. Dish Basketball, and we're thrilled to be a part of the 2020 Championship Vision Virtual Clinic. Coach Kevin Furtado has been a great friend of ours for a few years now, and we greatly appreciate his commitment to growing the game the right way and providing great resources to the basketball coaching community. At Dr. Dish, we're always here to help as well with our state-of-the-art equipment, drills, and content. If you're ready to upgrade to the best training machines in the world and join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, Louisville, and countless others, we'd love to have you as a part of the Dr. Dish family. Remember, we take trade-ins on all shooting machines, including competitors, for significant discounts. And just by registering for this clinic, you're eligible to receive an additional exclusive $300 off your next Dr. Dish purchase. For more information, visit our website at drdishbasketball.com, give us a call, or shoot me an email directly at nick at drdishbasketball.com and make sure to follow us on all social media channels at drdishbball. Hello, my name is Coach Charlie Miller, Head Master Trainer with the TAC Basketball Academy in Dallas, Texas. I'm here to promote the upcoming Championship Vision podcast clinic series brought to us by Coach Kevin Furtado from Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. Coach Furtado is a well-respected, sought-after coach 
and found other coaches like him to share their best practices and secrets to success with players, parents, and teams. The clinic will provide two types of virtual clinics, lecture style via Zoomcast and on-court instructions with coaches and players. Again, my name is Coach Charlie Miller from Attack Basketball Academy, where we work with kids from third grade through high school in a positive and growth-oriented atmosphere that promotes a whole-body approach to well-being. Our programs are designed not only to improve your child's ability on the court, but also to teach him or her valuable skills that will serve them throughout their lives. And the first person I called was Don Palmer. He's, he was in our Hall of Fame in like 2005. <laughs> and um, he, he, it, was, it was amazing. And um, every month we have a new coach come up and give us and it, it's not X's O stuff. So far in the three months we've, we've done October, right. November, and I just finished my December one. In three months, none of it's X's and O's. It's all the other stuff. Right. Huh? Yes. I love how you're making coaches better. I think that's an important quality of a great coaches association is – really to to make coaches better have a growth mindset coach pete i know you believe in these five on that talk about a little bit maybe pick out one what do you think about his five i love it oh they're they're fabulous and what is uh, amazing to me is that these things are out there for free and it's amazing that young people don't take the time to study and it it's they don't see the value in it. They just don't, but it is. And I was just thinking a moment ago, one of the, the, the things that, on the per perfect things, I've always taught this uh, to teachers or the kids I've coached that perfection is the enemy of excellence. Always has been and always will be. And uh, you've got to say that to your kids and let them know that you don't expect perfection. I always told my kids, if you miss five shots in a row, all it means is you're going to make five shots in a row. Now, that's not always true. But if your kids are pretty good shooters and you've defined for them the shot that you think is a winning shot for them, then when they get that shot, they take it. We, uh, I always tell them ball handling. I said, that's my responsibility. I haven't drilled you enough. We're going to get better. But I think coaches, if we will take responsibility for certain parts of the game, then it will happen for you. But these are the things here, this list here, that if we don't teach these things, and if these kids that we play, that play for us, if they don't walk away understanding these things, we've just won some basketball games. Right. But one of the things I wanted to throw in here, in this thing that you said to talk about a little bit here, I think one of the first commitments we have to get out of our players is this, that when I start talking, I always have your eyes. I don't have to learn. I don't have to ask for your eyes or look for your eyes. Commit to me that when you hear my voice, I'm going to have your eyes. And I commit to you that when you start talking, you're going to have my eyes and I'm going to listen. And that solves a lot of problems, it, it more so than what you think. And the other thing is this, is little Proverbs 27.5 tells us that you're better off in, uh, embarrassing somebody in public than to love them or to admire something about them and not tell them. 
In other words, you're saying to your players now, when, now girls master this quicker than boys, but, but when you see something good, you are required to say it. Well, I, I shouldn't say required, but you expect them to say it. Right. Whether it's a great defensive play. I like the thing where we your camps where the speaker comes in. Everybody already knows he's done something well or he wouldn't be there, right? Right. So when they come in, we applaud excellent. When somebody dives on the floor, you should see Kevin's girls. Now they have mastered this thing about speaking to great plays and energy plays and rebounding, not necessarily made shots, but those great hustle things that, that make the hair stand up on all of our, uh, on our arms and what happens to us when a kid takes a great charge. Uh, I have studied Tom Izzo for years and years, and it's amazing what you learn from him. And he's one of the few coaches that doesn't give you clinic talk. <laughs> he gives you the stuff that he really does because I've seen him play I don't know how many times, and whatever he gives you at the clinic, you can bet on it. He's used it before. And, um, but no, that thing about the eyes and speaking to anything good is um, I think there's just two critical things that all young coaches should know. It gives you a good start and it uh, starts with respect. But these five things, I think a lot of people have used them and worded them in different ways. And all sure. the great coaches, I think already, if they don't use this, it's like leadership being a choice. You got to get across to kids. Don't, I get so tired, coach, of hearing people say this. They'll say that he's a quiet leader. There's no such thing. You're a good example, but you're not a leader if you're quiet all the time. Leaders have to speak because power of life and death, whether they like it or not, is in the spoken word. It's the phrases that we use, isn't it? And Love you've that. got to get your kids to start speaking to those great things out there. And then they start feeding off each other. Now, Kevin watched them. I've spoken to him before the games. I see they go into the classroom like you're talking about and um, always talking about important things, but almost never X's and O's. And uh, they have to go over and shake hands with the referee when the game is over <laughs> and all those things. I won't go through the litany of them. Yeah, right. They really <laughs> great job for that. I mean, everything's a fist now. Pete, but I love that. I would go back again. <laughs> Pete, I loved your uh, I loved your spoken word. What was that again? Um, the one about spoken word. Proverbs twenty-seven five. Is that what you're talking you about? Whatever you said about spoken that, word, that was a great line. I wasn't quick enough to get it. Maybe you could send me the recording. The power of life. Sure. Oh, absolutely. The power. Yeah. power of life and death is in the spoken word. And when it says life, death, it means the quality of everything between the two extremes. That's, that's the best. And it's so true. Stop <laughs> texting and start talking. And Come on. Words sure. have, it's like this thing we talk about this thing of correction and uh, criticism. See, most coaches don't understand the difference. Now, I've sat down in clinics. I've been listening to Bobby Knight a lot. I wouldn't want Bobby Knight to coach me. I'm sorry. He's one of the greatest coaches ever lived. But correction pushes you back onto the correct path. Sarcasm is a cutting word. It cuts away 
and it's shame-based. And that's, and, but you can get angry and not be sarcastic. You can be corrective and still be a little angry. Yep. But this thing of using sarcasm to cut kids down, they may play for you, but I'm going to tell you something. In the end, it's like uh, yep. you talked about selfish people never win, and yep. they don't. Ultimately, in the end, they lose. Yep. But, but once you get your kids to, to uh, do the Proverbs 27.5, when they see something good, they say it no matter how small it is or how big it is. And then the, the giving you the, the eyes. And I, I, I guess I'll just leave it with this. If you've ever been a principal of a school and you go into a, a, a meeting of some sort with your teachers and only about three or four of them are looking at you and everybody else's eyes are somewhere else and they'll say, go ahead, I can hear you. Uh-uh, that doesn't work, does it? Nope. But these young people got to go out and interview for a job. They better know these five things that you put on the board there. I'll tell you that. Well, I appreciate uh, you saying that. It will give them a leg up. I appreciate you saying that because that's the key. That's the key. That's great. Pete, thank you so much. Dan, give us a follow-up on that. Is there anything, any last words, maybe even what Pete was saying and, and so forth, any 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 follow-up to those five that you want to add something in that um, – uh, that we can kind of take home a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. I, I wish, and I, I, we have worked hard in Michigan. I don't think it, we're anywhere there yet. Um, but I wish our cult basketball culture in the nation was better on how we treat the best players. We, the, the rankings, ESPN rankings, and he's this, he's that. This and that, I think it just hurts the kids more than it helps them. Um, I wish we would, would, I don't know. That, that's the only thing that I, I, the main thing that I really struggle with when, when we have young, really good players, it's just, it's just the way we all um, just glamorize who they are and they haven't really done anything yet. They just have great potential or they're big and athletic. And I just hate to see that. And I, I, uh, it's one thing we really talk about and Tim McCormick has talked about. And when, when, when he says he was drafted in the same class as Michael Jordan, but yet he was, I mean, he, was, he goes, I wasn't very good. When I got to Michigan, I wasn't very good. I was lazy. I didn't know I, didn't know, I didn't know I was out of shape. I had a long way to go, but I was pushed. Talks about Bo Schimbeckler and training with the football team and running because Bo called him out and said he was soft. He tells that story. And, and, and he spent 12 years in the NBA. He, did. he was the last guy cut on the Olympic team by night. <laughs> Don't you think that doesn't stay with you for the rest of your life? Sure. Um, and so I just wish we would not be so – into rankings, and I say we, and I mean our culture, the TV, the media, and I, we're probably the same way. We have a Mr. Basketball, I guess that's the same kind of thing, but I just think in the long run, we'd be better off if we would hold all that stuff to when they really arrive as adults, but it's just the cat's out of the bag. So that's the only thing that I'm, but it, it does motivate us to be better and to help those kids. And isn't it cool when you see somebody who wasn't highly ranked 
is now an NBA all-star or whatever. Um, Keyshawn Martin was a two-star, I guess. Well, what does that mean? Because when he got up there, the, the coaches at Michigan State go, he's as good as anybody out of Florida. He's as good as any five-star. He is the real deal. And I go, yeah, he is. He's just, he just hasn't went to any camps. No one knows about him. He didn't have the money. That is what it's all about. You know what I mean? So I think football's got a better – football's different, you know. But I think with seven-on-seven seven football, they're going to start getting the same kind of stuff that we, that we have. Um, I don't know what you guys feel about that. It's, it's just kind of the kids going to these prep schools now and they want to travel and, around the country and not go to real school and do everything online. And it's just, it's just um, is it the right thing? I don't know. Maybe it is, but I, I struggle with it. Coach, I do have more questions for you. I want to add to that. Um, we have a big problem here in Atlanta on transfers. Literally, uh, well, I'm not in Atlanta. I'm outside of Atlanta, about 90 miles. But in the Atlanta schools, there are so many transfers. I mean, the list comes out. I mean, there's, I don't know how many hundreds of kids transfer from one school to the other. It's a mess. I think the Georgia High School Association needs to step up and have harsher penalties or restrictions. But that, I mean, it's like talking, it's like talking to a wall. What I mean, I want your opinion on that. The transfer rule is a problem. It, it's the same in our, our area. We, we, our state just changed. And, and if you, if you transfer, now, if you fully move, if you fully move right. from community to community, you're eligible, but you have to prove that you moved and they check up and they, there were two football kids who came in from Chicago and played for a local Metro Detroit team because Chicago wasn't playing football. They didn't fully move. They had to forfeit their season. Um, so they will, you know, people, you know, the best players people check up on and they end up finding out about, but if you transfer in basketball or in football, the same sport, you got to sit out that next year in that same sport. You can play another sport. Right because it was so out of control and it slowed it down some there's got to be a penalty and you gotta if you fully move and it's it's a move and you can prove that it's a move and i know people go from apartment to apartment yeah that's what happens but if you don't yeah if you don't fully move i mean i don't know how they can stop that because but i'll tell you what it slowed it down right we we always said i i had I had a really good player named Nick Daniels, played at Oakland University, four-year starter for me, left-handed, silky smooth, great player, graduated from college. After his sophomore year, we weren't very good, and everybody was recruiting him. And I went and met with his mom, and I said, listen, I understand that, you know, people are calling Nick. What do you think? And she goes, he ain't going nowhere. I mean, she looked at Nick, she goes, I don't care what you even think. You're not leaving coach and you're not leaving Glenn. And I just said to Nick, I go, Nick, you want to be the all-time leading scorer in the history of the school? Do you want to take us to the promised land or do you want to go join someone else who might be better than us, but we're, and he goes, no, I, you know, because of AAU, he would play with a lot of those guys. They're like, shit, Nick, you, 
And I would call out the, I'd sit, call the coach and say, listen, do you have to have all the guards? Can I have a guard? Do you have to have every guard? And um, I guess I would say to coaches that if you're not in your kid's world with his mother and father and talking to him and her and educating them, someone else is, yeah. and they'll steal your kid. So you don't, you don't usually lose them if you're really close with them. And, you're, and you can show that you're, they're going to succeed where they're at. And look at all the great things they can do here. And we were like 500 that year. But Nick's senior year, I mean, we were one of the best teams in the state. And he, was, he got a full scholarship. Um, and he was our all-time leading scorer. I mean, it, he, you know, I go, where are you going to go back to when you come back from college? Are you going to go to your transfer school or your real school? Where's your home? Right. I never thought about that. Yeah, do you have a home? This is your home. Yeah. And you're always going to be the man here. And guess what? Now he's got a nice job and he's a JV coach at, at, that, at that, his high school. But so, yes, they do need to change the rules and make it stricter because it's out of control. And, and it would help the families and the kids because they would slow yeah. down and go, I got to deal with this. Because what's it hurting? And eventually, they're all transferring college too. So it's not, I mean, they're not fighting through anything. Izzo talks about that all the time. I mean, stay here and fight through it. He said Morris Peterson on the Flint, the, the Flint group with McTeen that won the national title in sure. 2000, he wanted to transfer every day his freshman year, every day. He goes, I'm transferring. Tom would go, transfer. He, you know, it is, it's a major problem. And, uh, I serve on a national board of high school coaches and we talk about that often and we were sharing ideas, but again, we are basketball coach association. You have to get to your activities association people. And if you want to get anything done in your state, get with football and do it with them. They won't just listen to you all and us either, but we found if we got with football and we went in as a United force, Stuff gets done. Football, because football is the <laughs> and uh, basketball is too, but football's the it's still it's 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 king in our country. And so that that I don't know if that helps you, but that helped us. Dan, I want to talk about uh I was watching Oak Hill Academy the other night, and I'd be honest with you, it's like almost watching a pro team. I, I mean they're in that small little gym, you know, it's like they make it look like you know they have this. And it's like, it just disgusts me. I hate to say it. It's like they have the best players in the country going to that school. I just, I'm not a believer of those prep schools, family prep, all those schools. I mean, there has to be something to get those schools out of here. I think it's a major problem. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too negative. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, in that next game was Amani Bates, and his team played yeah. an AAU team. And that game was in Ann Arbor, which is 15 minutes from here. Um, and we're all wearing masks. They didn't wear masks. I thought that was crazy. Anyways, uh, that's where the, the ranking, he's ranked this, he's ranked that, he's this, he's that. I just – I had a hard time watching the game. Um, I don't know what to say. I think, you know, you got to – everybody's different. And kids should have opportunities to do what they think is important. 
But I will say this, if, if education's not at the forefront of those types of situations, it's gonna hurt you in the long run. I don't care how good you are. Right. I, I guess they, they got a tradition. A lot of those OKL guys are going off to the pros and all that. I mean, it's a, it is a systematic way they're doing that. I don't blame kids for actually looking at that, but I, I'm, just, um, I'm just not a believer in that. I believe in more of the old school. Kids should stay with their community and fight through their community, make their community better. But I think that's maybe too old school, I guess. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I go, be all-time leading scorer here. You don't have to leave. And it worked out. But, you know, now that we're kind of semi-waiting, a, a bunch of our good players are getting, um, like I've talked to coaches in the last week that are, having to re-recruit their player to not leave our state. Um, but I keep telling them that, you know, the virus is everywhere. Right. So are you really going to risk leaving and going? I mean, why don't you stay, keep working on your craft, get good. Don't worry about being seen. Get good and everyone will find you. That's one thing we talk about at camp all the time. Just get good. And you will be seen. Don't worry about being seen. If you get good, they're going to find you. And you're not very good right now. You, you just want to be seen. Right. Well, we talk about that all the time. Just stay grounded, get good. Get in the gym and get good. Make the best way you are, right, right Coach? Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, before you go – I want you, I, I have a belief that we should have certified coaches certification. Mm -hmm. We should do a better job educating our coaches. Uh, that's why, I mean, I'm in contact with our association trying to, I put out a, you know, a podcast, put out videos that I've got from other coaches. I don't think we do a good enough job with a library resource for coaches. I think coaches need to be certified. Am I far off? Um, so no, you're not, you're not. Um, soccer certifies all coaches all the way up and have levels. USA basketball is in charge of certification for the NCAA uh, open events now. So we have been, we create a guide of our own coaches, but that's, that's, you know, a small piece, but we have encouraged and we put it right on our website to go get the licensed USA basketball and it's pretty good. It was done by Don Schulwalter out of Iowa. Mm -hmm. And he's a high school guy. I would encourage that and adopt, adopt that program and push your coaches, your young coaches into it. We have a, a, a coaching program called CAP that our MHSAA does. And it's, it's, it's good. Um, but on the bat, just basketball only, USA basketball certification, mm -hmm. the, the gold standard, it's like 40 bucks maybe. I might be wrong, 45 and there's different levels, so I think um, it can depend on what you're going for. But we've been pushing that because it, it also is what the NCAA is using, something they can think about. I love that. And I would like to see guys like Dan Young assessing, going around. I, I'll be honest with you. I would love to have Dan Young come assess me as a coach we should have more mentor coaches in our profession. And that's what they do. If they're retired, man, 
pay them for going around and making coaches better. I think that's huge. I mean, Pete Aycock does that for me. It's, it's free. I mean, he helps I me did. out. I always had guys. I, it's so funny. We're, we're, we're the same people. I always had guys come to my practices and come to my games. My, my, my true guys that would tell me, you know, um, you guys, guys don't do this very well. Okay. <laughs> You're right. One time, one time I was really hard on my guys. One year we really, that, that year we, we almost beat uh, the state champion. We were struggling in the middle part of the season. And one of my buddies came and watched the game and he called me last night. He goes, what are you so upset about? He goes, you're as good as anybody. He goes, you guys just don't think you are. I didn't, that's all I needed to hear. And all I started doing was telling our guys that they are good enough. You're good enough. And I needed to hear that. I didn't think we were. And you know what? We were right there. We were so close to being in I didn't even know if I, I wasn't seeing it. And he helped me with that. That's all he had to say. He goes, I don't know what he goes, be hard on him. Keep coaching him up. But you guys are really close to being as good. You can, he goes, I just watched so-and-so and now I watched you. You guys are, you guys are legit. You get enough players, enough be a bench. Your weaknesses are still da 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 but Sometimes you need to hear that because it, 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 it also makes you feel like, you know what, you're right. I, Greg Campy says this. It's hilarious. And he says it at the clinic. Greg Campy from Oakland University. Sure. We run our clinic at Oakland University on the floor. He said, don't un un underestimate how effed up the other team is, too. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Don't <laughs> underestimate. They've got issues, too. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. So true. I miss Fausha. <laughs> right. Hey, Dan, um, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate you sharing the five yeah. lessons you learned from basketball. And I appreciate that. Loved it. And also, I want Pete, Pete, what did you learn from Dan today on that? I know you picked up one or two things or more. What did you learn from Coach? Well, those five things are powerful, of course. One of the great things about going to clinics all the time, like you're talking about, those winners that go to the clinics, the reason they're winners is because they're hearing other people give what they do that's sound and fundamental, and it gives you confidence that what you're doing is really good. It's like I've always been a running coach. We get it out and go as fast as we can after maids and miss and whatever. But I always, uh, like watching Izzo, uh, I added to the break that slice. Slice the floor with Through the floor guards. One of the yep. critical things to running with a basket. Through the center circle. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it just changes the whole way you see, you see the floor. No right, you, you hit the edge. And it changes everything with that point guard. And uh, people don't, they think that's a little thing. But it is a little thing, but it's a big deal. And, uh, but... Those things that's brought out, they're powerful, and uh, I don't really have anything to say except amen. I think it's just oh, yeah. great. Hey. I know Kevin does a lot of these things. But I still think that with high school kids and college kids, you're like Denny Crum. He never did anything in writing. He got to write down, you don't know it. But I, I – One more thing, <laughs> their feet 
get a little slower. And that's why I think we've got yep. to keep things simple. I agree. I, very, I, very simple. I, I totally agree with you on that. I think you just have to live a life of, of, of simplifying every day. It's simple as you can possibly get it. And uh, then after a while, I had a kid go to Mississippi State, and he came back and said, Coach, I want to tell you something. I said, okay, Lorenzo, what's that? I, he said, Coach, we worked a lot harder than we did SEC school is where he went to. He said, we worked a lot harder in high school. <laughs> And I'm working right now. And when I played for you, I always knew exactly what I was supposed to do. Asking you to do, what do you do when you get on the floor? You pause, don't right? Pause is a killer in, in athletics. You pause. Something bad happens. You pause instead of reacting. Instead of when, when the ball gets stolen from you, do you pause or do you immediately sprint back and be sure you get by that ball and you catch up? That kind of thing. And I think that Izzo, I'm glad to hear you talking about, he's one, been one of the people that I really have listened to over the years. That uh, when I first heard him say, if you want to watch us practice, just give me a call and you can come any day. Sure. And that's the kind of person that I always wanted to be. And uh, getting somebody to come to your practice, if these young coaches would get an old man, hey, we folks with gray hair, if young people will ask us, we'll do anything in the world for them, won't we? <laughs> And usually not charge them a dime. <laughs> but no, this it has makes, been a great lesson. These five things here are rock solid. It makes them feel good and it makes you feel good when you have that mentor just giving yes. you a piece of his his or her mind for that day, and they're honored for you to even ask. And um that's that's something that we're gonna continue to to preach to young coaches, to any coach, uh, is to call your mentor, right? Especially right now. Yeah. And say, what are you doing? How, how's it going? What, what, what do you think we should? And you know what? You just feel better when you get off the call. Just like I'm feeling better after meeting you all today. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much. What's the yeah, best it's, way? It's a, it's a, what's the best way to get a hold of you coach on that? Uh, I know we have coaches from all over the country. What's the best way to get a hold of you? My email is my name, Dan Young at bcam.org. So it's bcam.org. That's my, uh, my email, and I'll be glad to help anyone in any way. Please let your uh, director uh, well, of Georgia reach out, and I'd be glad to include uh, him in, in all of the things we're trying to do at the national level, and, and, and you know, maybe he could pick some things up that we do already. Absolutely. And please send me that information. I, I forget exactly what it was. A guide, the beginning coach. a guide to the first, a guide for the first year coach. Love it. Love it. And you can, yeah. Hey, you can take it, put your logo on it and send it right back out to your people. Because it's, if you, if you think something's better to make ours better, let right. me know. And well, you know, we're, it's a working document that we've just kind of started working on and yeah, I'll email that to you tonight. Great. Coach Pete, appreciate you. Kevin, you guys are great. And uh, anytime, anytime you need uh, anything from us in Michigan, you just please uh, shoot us an email and we'll be glad to help you. Absolutely. All right. Coach, thank you so much. Go Wolverines, right? right? right. Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Coach, right, thank man. you so much. I okay. appreciate you, ma you. Uh, making us better coaches. Thank you. I right, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> this is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with two tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. Hi, this is Kirk Gilsdorf of Clackamas Community College Women's Basketball, formerly Oregon City High School Girls Basketball. And as a veteran coach, I'm always looking for new ideas, new things to listen to, somewhere I can improve my coaching. And I've discovered the Championship Vision podcast from Kevin Furtado, and it has become my number one go-to podcast each and every week. Kevin brings in guests that provide a unique perspective, whether it's on X's and O's, philosophy, drill work, whatever it might be. Uh, he's going to get something out there that's going to help me as a coach get better. And I think that's what we should all be doing as coaches is helping each other get better. Uh, Kevin himself is, is always hungry to learn. You can sense that in his podcast. And so, again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Championship Vision Podcast, Kevin Furtado. Keep up the great work.